Welcome onto the podcast. Uh, it's a pleasure to have Sally here today with us. And so um, just so everyone can know you better, Sally, why don't you introduce yourself and tell us what you do? Hi, everyone. My name is Sally, and uh, I am a licensed professional counselor. I have my own private practice. Uh, my education background was from uh, UPenn. I have two master degree. One was Master of Science in Education and Master of uh, Philosophy in Education. And I, I, my background was working in outpatient and for, for a couple of years. And then the last three years, I was working in uh, public school, providing individual, family, and uh, group, no group counseling, sorry, it's family and individual counseling in school. And um, so I have quite, um, quite some experience working with teen and adolescents. Um, also, I, I combine uh, a wide variety of different holistic modalities such as sensory therapy, mindfulness-based stress reduction, soul collage, um, some music, art, creative activities. And plus myself as a singer, so I like to including some of those uh, creative activity. Um, personally, I am a mother of a one-year-old um, and I have a husband. And so those, um, they all keep me busy. <laughs> and, um, but um, overall, um, I enjoy my practice so far. It has been two months um, that I have opened it and um, I am um, applying more insurance credentialing to get more clients, hopefully, and uh, we'll see how it goes. Okay. Um, so in your line of work, I mean, what type of people do you primarily work with? What age group? What demographic? Since I only do, uh, I mean, my private practice, it's only open for two months. Um, I have limited clients because I just started. And, um, but uh, in my previous work experience, my, uh, my clients are mostly K-12 students. Um, and um, they, the majority of problem is motivational issue, <laughs> the lack of motivation. And... Um, the uh, the lack of resilience <laughs> and uh, consistency and some teen uh, re romantic relationship problem, family conflict um, because fam parents and kids they have very different expectations uh, in their career development and also the grades, which cause a lot of tension in between of the family. Also the re um, remarriage could also increase a lot of uh, stress um, in teenagers' life and also schooling. Um, anxiety, depression are also very common issue that I encounter in, in, in the practice and at work. And a lot of kids are lack of coping skills, a lack of um, um, skills to deal with those uh, stress and also um, direction to lack of direction to um, um, to to like to learn about themselves and also what kind of career they want to have. Um, some of that are also a major issue. Um, and 
in middle school age, I noticed the most uh, the bully issue, the bully problems in middle school age kids, uh, which could also cause a lot of stress and um, confusion, anxiety, and depression as well. Mm. So it seems like most of, your, most of the people you've worked with are, you know, from the K-12 age and it's like the issues that they're facing today. We just so much about, and we hear so much about it over, you know, over the news, over the media. I mean, how serious is the problem that like when you, I mean, obviously when they come to you, the problem is quite serious already. Right. But like, mm-hmm. I mean, is this like the, but a lot of these problems, is it like widespread? Is it like pretty much everyone is facing these problems? Cause we he- keep hearing about, resilience lack of motivation everyone's on social media yeah. and depressed. i mean is there is there something like an epic like from what from your perspective what do you see uh, it is a common issue is a common um struggles in the, in many families definitely um and that's why we we're seeing a lot in in um in counseling setting um and the yeah, the major cause, the major reason of this, I felt like um, it, lots of family, they are um, uh, very occupied with, uh, with their jobs and, and uh, the lack of parenting, uh, supervision, and also parents, um, um, the connection, the relationship uh, between kids and the parents are a major issue too. Um, sometimes there is a there is a misunderstanding in between because of the different expectation. Um, lots of parents, they expect their kids to, to thrive and excel in many, many ways, which is uh, very common. But a lot of kids, they find that they, they're, they're struggling to reach that direction. And meeting them at where they are is the key to help them. A lot of times, the parents are focused on the result. Hey, you need to get me all straight aid. Hey, you need to get, uh, you need to get to uh, Ivy League school. And uh, a lot of time, parents are focused, mainly focusing on the, the result and not the process. And my, my work uh, is mostly really helping the parents to really um, recognize that their kids when they make small progress to give them uh help the parents to give more positive reinforcement give them recognition and reassurance affirmation when the kids making small little progress in in between it's a very important thing to give the kids more um more confidence and and um, more motivation as well gradually um also i know uh, another thing is, uh, I feel a lot of kids they um, they they may not go through I, um, much of try and error thing, and uh, um, so helping the kids and expo- give them more opportunity to 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 really expand their uh, their skills such as. Um, if they're interested in music, help them to get into like some like music instrument or singing, um, whichever that they are interested in. And through that area, help them to build confidence and self-esteem through that direction. Um, not only that, also in our daily life, when the kids um, 
do well and um in in one small area and give them that recognition and and uh, tell them that hey you did a very good job i'm so proud of you um coming from asian uh myself asian family myself and i i noticed that among a lot of asian family uh parents a lack of the uh, um emotional expression they are not really too good at expressing themselves and um so they 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 tend to hold up like this uh um the, those emotions and keep those emotions in and sometimes it really um it make it harder for the kids to connect with them and if you're able to uh, really let them know that it's okay to express those feelings by doing it yourself as a parent um you are also encourage them that to understand that it's okay to feel down it's okay to feel discouraged sometime and it's okay to feel um feel sad um and that's another thing that um uh, really uh help those kids to um to connect with their own feelings by by expressing your own emotion as a parent um and also help them to understand that small little step is they are all very important mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. so given that all your pre like a lot most of your work previously was done with the youth but it sounds like from what from what you're saying a lot of it is actually you know, working with the parents as well, right? So how do you juggle? Because yeah. in, in my line of work, I do career coaching and I do some leadership coaching um, for the youth. And what I find is like, <clears throat> yeah, I'll have the, the youth in the room and then I work with them. And, and then the parents are like outside doing their own thing. And then like, and then sometimes they don't know what's going on. And then they come in and you got to explain everything to them again. Like, how do you juggle that? How do you educate both the youth and the parent? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's the, also one, uh, one of the biggest challenge in my work too, because our job mostly uh, working with the students, the kids individually, most of the time. Um, so what I do is I, I first of all start with the session with the student itself, the kids itself, teenager, and then I will spend majority of the uh, the session with them. Usually my session is about an hour, so I spend about. 45 minutes with the kids and then at the end of the maybe the last 15 minutes i will have the parents come in and we will adjust whatever that's uh that need to be adjusted like if something that uh there's some misunderstanding or different uh, uh issue in between their relationship then we will adjust that so in the meantime we 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 touch base on that but i just see like a lot of kids that there are some kids afraid to involve their parents because of the yeah. they're afraid that when they go home they will get yelled at and the parents will like we we know like hey we told such 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 thing to to our counselor consultant they they're afraid that their parents will find out and and got punishment um so that's also another one of the biggest obstacles in working with family um, like trying to connect them but in the meantime really protect the kids from <laughs> um, it, from that struggles it's 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 a big challenge definitely mm -hmm. 
but from what it sounds like, you know, based on what you said earlier, it almost sounds like, you know, the problem, the kids that we see so much, like we hear about so much nowadays, a lot of it's actually from the parents. A lot of it's from the family, like the parents, mm -hmm. you know, whether they're not expressing themselves or their expectations are unrealistic, whether they're giving them a lot of pressure and making them afraid to even try. I mean, it mm -hmm. sounds like a lot of it's from your perspective, it sounds like a lot of it's on the parents. Uh Yes, that's a big part of that. However, there's also other um, from a bigger scope of the the life. Uh, school also play a big role. The team relationship, like I said, bully. When bully happen, um, this also add on more stress and anxiety to the team, and um, also like if that's. Uh, uh, sibling issue that could also add on more stress to the to their life mm -hmm. so it's almost like the whole society and whether it's education whether it's social media whether it's how mm -hmm. families are how families are constructed nowadays um <laughs> these are like remarriages or like half sisters half siblings i mean these these are all making making it quite stressful for the child oh it is it is it um, with the media and also we marriage family um, we live in a quite a challenging society <laughs> and helping the kids learn to adapt to all those changes uh, is challenging mm -hmm. yeah yeah so mm -hmm. how, how do you solve these problems like how do you solve the problem of um, for example if a youth is um, let's see if a youth is uh, bullied, for example, how do you how do you really address bullying? Because I mean, it's, half of it's on the bully, some of it's on the school, mm -hmm. some of it's on the parent who uh, who you know never really equipped them with the with the tools or try to work on it. I mean, how how do you deal with something like bullying? Well, bullying is um, uh, it's a problem that I think need to. Uh, to work as a team with the school, school counselors, school principal, and teachers, uh, as well as parents, and also uh, the other supporter coming like me, work, uh, in my previous job, worked in school. It's a teamwork. It's a teamwork because, like you said, we also need to adjust the bullier and uh, the other part of the bully. And uh, we, it's important. Uh, so what we did was, I, as a outsider supporter, I I report this to the school counselor and have them to address that in the school, and the teachers are also uh, notified. Um, so they have like the school mediation meeting with the bullier and also the the kids that being bullied. They sit together. They have a mediation meeting, and. Uh, Sometimes that could also including the parents as well to address this issue. Um, and what I do uh, was uh, another part of my job was to really help the kids understand like um, why are the why they are bully why bullies why, why are they singled yeah. out yeah and why they got targeted right and what are the um, emotional damage and effect and physical effect as well as like and what are the different type of bully the cyber bully the physical bully the social bully psychological bully so there are 
different type of bully that kids could encounter nowadays with the media. Um, so helping them to understand what bully is and what are the effects that could cause, and also help them to learn those uh, assertive uh, communication, which means that I help them to learn to say no to people when they are not comfortable with, and tell them that I'm not such person like you say, teaching them those social skills is also an important part of my job. Um, and then help them to reframe those uh, self-talk. A lot of time when those kids are being bullied, they build up those negative self-talk about themselves, which um, like I'm a bad person, I deserve to be called such such words and, mm-hmm. and helping them to reframe and restructure those negative um, self Convert self talk is also um, a key work uh, to help them uh, recover, mm-hmm. um, and um, also teach them, like I say, coping skills to learn to deal with those bullier in the future. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I and I see sometimes the kids actually traumatize from the bully. It, it it did some uh, some of the kids that I work with they um, they were bullied in the middle age and then they were traumatized because at that age they didn't understand they, their cognition level wasn't prepped enough for them to understand like that situation. Some of the bully are pretty um, pretty ugly, um, such as they they got like beat up by a group of girls like there's a, a girl that that appeared to be i mean not attractive and being 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 uh, um humiliated in the bathroom and and uh, with a group of other girls and then they internalize those words they personalize it and become it become um it really it becomes um a killing like it really hurt their their self esteem in the future down the road. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, so here's a here, here's a question that I've been wondering about. So a lot of bullying, like you no, know, I mean, people bullying has been around since forever, right? Yes, uh, it it's kind of like how how people establish like how groups of people establish hierarchies, right? Um, within, within, whether you, whether when humans were still in the caves or whether, you know, it's, it's a way of establishing hierarchies. Um, and, but in, in another sense, you know, there's also, of course, there's also, you know, outright bullying and, and so how do you really differentiate as a council? How do you really differentiate when something is, you know, it's not really bullying per se. Like it, it's like, cause, cause sometimes you hear bullying thrown around all the time. Right, you, yeah. you make a snide remark, and it's like, oh, stop bullying! Or it's like, what? It's like you're only making mm. like it's it's an offhand comment. I mean, mm. how, how do you like how like? My point is, there seems there seems to be almost an overdiagnosis of bullying. What do you think about? Mm. That? Yeah, it, it's true. There are different level of bullying, mm-hmm. and uh, it's just like bipolar people throw around hey you got bipolar because you have a little <laughs> you kind of throw out attention temper tension stuff like that um and i i can recall when i was uh middle school age uh people call me name and uh such such and um but uh 
uh, it wasn't bad enough to totally damage my self-esteem however um when it comes to bully it also depends on individual too how much how resilient they are mm. and how um how much of self I, how, how self-esteem i mean how how confident they are when um this also deter um those are important factor to determine like how much damage that could done to those kids when it comes to bully when someone say hey um you are blah, 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 use those bad words to describe b word to describe someone a girl um such as a girl and uh, if that girl is confident enough and they, they may just shoved away and walked away but mm -hmm. for someone that true that's very inconfident and have low self-esteem they take it personally so it really depends on the individual. Right. So it almost sounds like uh, how, whether bullying is framed as bullying depends whether the amount of damage that is done. Exactly. So it it depends on how they interpret it. And how mm -hmm. they interpret it, right? So if you yeah. say to one person, that person would be like, you know, F you too, and then they walk away, right? If you say yeah. someone, you say F you to someone, they might, you know, go, you know, go in the washroom and cry. Uh, mm -hmm. so, so, yeah. um, it's it's on the on the perspective of the perpetrator it's the same thing mm -hmm. uh, but it's but it, it almost sounds like bullying now is determined whether the amount of damage like whether that person is resilient or not and it sounds like mm -hmm. oh yes it make a big difference right? yeah but mm -hmm. over general, resiliency is dropping so how do you solve yeah. the resiliency then well with resiliency um the biggest thing is I feel like their lack of um, recognition from, from others and lack of positive reassure and reinforcement when they did something good. And also it's something I felt like um, throughout their, their previous life, um, I have a one-year-old and I could tell that her, her personality is, is already built up <laughs> as a one-year-old. And she's a very outgoing, very, um, very sociable, and she has good trust in others. And I always reflect and cultivate, like, what did I do to really help her to, to yeah. form such good uh, uh, confidence and trust in others and a very proactive personality? And I, I, I realized it was really give them consistent give her that consistent um positive uh, recognition when she did something good such as uh when she put the toy away and put it into the beans that and container that is supposed to 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 contain that toy and i always give her right um uh, give her that positive uh thumbs up and like you did such a good job thank you for helping um give Give the kids that um, that recognition and and uh, thank you. Even when when you did something bad, say sorry. All those small things add up. It did add up to help them to to build that self esteem self esteem resilience throughout their life. So I would say for those kids that are lack of resilience and lack of self confidence, self esteem has a lot to do with their past. That how much of recognition how much of uh um encouragement uh that they receive from from significant caregiver 
mm-hmm. and and family. But if they're, for example, if a kid is now fifteen or sixteen, right, and mm-hmm. and that uh, that whole phase of uh, you know that development yeah, okay. is all over. I mean, how do you develop resiliency yeah. from from like from this kind of from this life stage? Mm-hmm. We're gonna meet at where they at at this point so really um explore their their family contacts to see what their struggle is exactly to understand their situation is the key um also to uh to raise their awareness and understanding about why they are who they are today why they feel such way and and uh um about others and themselves and um by giving them a lot of reassurance and um giving them a lot of um affirmation when when they kind of like point toward that direction the right direction i mean um also encourage them help them to express their feelings it's also a very important thing. Sometimes when your feelings is trapped inside, um, they're disconnect with the with themselves, their 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 um, inner self. Um, and by by helping them express themselves, it's really to build that connection first. I would say, as a counselor, I feel like the first. I would say the first 10 sessions is really to build that connection, that report with the, mm-hmm. with, with the, with the kids and to really be gentle and, 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 and um, client center based to, to, um, to, to connect with the kids in a non-judgmental way. Mm-hmm. Sometimes when, when the, they're very sensitive to judgment uh, with those kids. Um, so we, we need to be very careful uh, with that. Mm-hmm. If you're a parent, for, for the parent listeners, I mean, and their kid is now 15 or 16 and they're, if, and they're dealing with resilience problem, it sounds like, is that something the parent should also do? Be a, be, be a good listener, don't come across as judgmental, uh, um, more positive. Re- I mean, but like it almost sounds like you're playing catch up, right? With that, with that. So what should parents do? Oh, you mean what should the parents do for those? Yeah, what should the parents do if, they're, if their kids 15, 16, th- uh, having resilience, problems, anxiety, depression? Um, mm-hmm. And uh, what can they do to strengthen the constitution of this youth? I feel the key thing is to really review their connection, their relationship. To improve their relationship is the key. And how to improve the relationship? Um, that's many way and also uh, um, it's to have time together. Simple thing like watch a movie together. Like look to be honest, like look back, like how much how much time you you have for your for mm-hmm. a whole family together. Mm-hmm. I felt like nowadays we're so distracted with the me like with so many things. <laughs> yeah. So we we a lot of parents they they don't invest that much time with, with their kids. Oh, um, so simple thing, just spending time together, playing a game, watching a TV, a movie, and uh, 
maybe going out for shopping together mm-hmm. and or maybe go grab a cup of coffee together and, and just chat and, 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 and laugh about things and life. Uh, simple thing like that to create and connect that, that good bond. It's the key for the next step about, hey, let's talk about your career. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. A lot of time the kids are very sensitive when it comes to like, Hey, <laughs> I don't want to talk about those things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> but building that connection is the first, I would say. And then, um, and then once that connection is stronger, that relationship is stronger, then we can gradually gear toward, hey, have more open question instead of a closed question. Like, I think you should do, do this. So be very careful with words like you should, you must. And you shoulda, woulda, coulda. You, you, like exactly. You, you, Those words, uh, kids are very, very sensitive. And a lot of time when a parent said that, they just turn away. The kids just turn away. So be very careful with certain words to, uh, instead of using more like uh, more of the open questions um, and um, to ask like, so what do you think about this? <laughs> mm-hmm. And um, a lot of time you can't actually prompt like, the question when you're watching a TV, someone, um, yeah, any scenario that kind of related to your kid's issue, you can have open question like, what do you think about that happen? And then gradually you'll be surprised, like it could really gear towards some really um, interesting conversation. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it's almost like um, because uh, I think I feel like a lot of days, like nowadays, when you go out to the restaurant, right? You see a lot of parents. You know, the way they, w- the way a lot of parents raise their kids today is, you know, I have three kids, and one of the things yeah. we we try as much as possible, keep, like like cell phones, like away as much as possible. Like it's it's because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. work just calls, right? It's but, hard. <laughs> but a lot of times when you're out in the at a restaurant eating. You see, like four people, a family of four, just sitting there, and they each, you know, have their phone, and they're all each like look staring yeah, at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Right? Like you said, the amount of time you invest, it, mm-hmm, all, all that, mm-hmm. all that is time that's being spent on something else other than your kids. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. They, they need the parents' time and and the family time together. That's that's very important, and and also. With the family time together, you're teaching them how to social too. The way you interact with others, the kids they watch, they learn from it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they mimic. They mimic the parents. They do mimic. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, they do. Yeah. I, I'm wondering. Um, it seems like one of the struggles that a lot of parents have, especially during the tweens, like when when they when they go from nine, like nine to thirteen age. At that, that stage, they're still very like okay, like they'll. You know, they'll, they'll listen. The brain developmentally, they're still, you know, they're not at the point where they're like, okay, let's try to create my own ideas, try to like assert myself as an like, individual, right? A lot of parents seem to struggle with that jump from that age, like uh, an adult. high school, right? When they should be in full on parent mode to turn into kind of like a parent coach, you know, coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, or counseling mode, right? Ask open-ended questions. Yeah. That seems to be a major struggle. Would you, is that? Is it that is, it is. Oh yeah, it is. A lot of parents, because then 
they never learn about psychology. <laughs> they never learn about the, what motivational interview skills is. Uh, all those are very important. I felt like some parents, they could really equip with those skills by learning more, uh, such as motivational interview skills and um, also um, just just be present and like you say authentic be present and 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 be real with their feeling it's 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 a learning experience for the kids mm -hmm. <laughs> what are what are some so for the listeners then what would be some uh examples of motivational question uh, interview techniques um for example like i said having more open question and um uh, opening question like start with what how why and such and um instead of using like um um do do such 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 and um that uh that will really help um to have more more contacts coming out of the kids uh answer um and also just um meet them at where they are at the moment like if you also parents need to be very sent like be mindful about the kids like mood at the moment sometimes when kids are not in the mood and you kind of ask them question of course they're not going to tell you anything right so i, I mean parents are well, most parents hopefully are sensitive enough <laughs> to to recognize those mood uh but um it, the that those are very important too um uh, us, i mean the, the parents can learn more about those on on youtube and also books there are why uh there are lots of uh tours out there about motivational interview they can learn more about that and they may not need to buy a book on that lots on youtube i will have lots of uh, basic skills of um, motivational interview they can learn more and can practice on those too mm -hmm. and surprisingly if they apply it it it, it does work <laughs> yeah, right. it's magical almost right <laughs> when you when you don't put the kid in a box it's 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 almost like oh wow the, the world open up opens up for them mm -hmm. yeah and also parents expectation too mm. sometimes um in a lot of i would say like lots of asian family <laughs> they have very different expectation uh, between um the first and second generations mm -hmm. and that create um a lot of tension so sometimes really explore as parents explore what the kids really want and really hear from them having that active listening um to understand your kids what they want and what kind of career path they want and what what draw them interest what did they like before what they liked in the past and is there something that they may they may be interested in learning more or explore um and uh, kind of help them gear toward that for a lot of young people nowadays, I mean, in my line of work where we do, when we do career coaching, we realize a lot of young people, like, you know, some of them might even be like 30 and they have no idea what they want to do with their lives. Right. Mm -hmm. course, it's true. 
you ask a 14 year old, what do you want to do? I still got some time to figure it out. You talk to a 17 year old and college apps are right around the corner. They're like, I got better hurry up and figure it out. And then they go into the like college undeclared major and then they jump mm-hmm. around and eventually they, they, they start questioning themselves and then they drop out or, or just feel anxious, depressed. They get a degree that they don't want They spend, you know, X amount of dollars, you know, just yes. getting, I mean, that, that seems to be a major recurring theme that I see in my work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Some things that you would recommend for parents or youths to, you know, figure out that, that direction. Like, um, what were some things that uh, you would recommend for them to do? Um, I think kids at that age, they, um, the lack of understanding what they want to do, it's a very normal stage because they are still at the age. Yes, it's uh, they're still exploring what they want. And the only way to help them understand what they want, what they like to do and what help what really structure who they are it's going through experience trying the error really trying okay if let maybe try maybe have a like a part-time job while they in, in 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 school maybe try it out see if you like it and go from there and a lot of time uh, it, it's a a lot of time i feel like people may not really understand what they really want until a later age in life, it, it's a very common issue, and people change the job and career paths uh, um, in a different stage of life as well. So it's it's common. I won't say that it's not un- not not uncommon. Right, right. Mm-hmm. And it's not like it's even a problem because people always, you know, values change. Uh, yeah, exactly. Interests, exactly. Interests come up and so on. So. Like it's not exact. It's not really a problem, but I, I mean, there's also, um, I mean, natural orientations. So like some people mm-hmm. are yeah. oriented towards people, right? People, mm-hmm. data over ideas. You know, yeah. these, these are some common educational assessments that we use for career coaching, and, and career mm-hmm. counseling. I mean, these things, these things stay relatively consistent throughout the life, right? And so, mm-hmm. and so, um, I mean. It's like, like you said, it's not exactly a problem, um, and it's quite a common. But it's a problem to a lot of parents. I was saying. It's a problem for a lot of parents, right? Especially if, you're, if they're throwing money. Yes. I mean, they're throwing yes, it is. Well, it, it's a, it is a problem. I mean, when it comes to making that bigger investment, mm-hmm. and also, uh, I would say compared to other country in the United States, making career change after they. they they got the degree it's it's very challenging uh mm-hmm. compared to other country uh i have some friends in china and they 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 got a degree maybe in in english and then they become like working in a bank and yeah. as a banker so making a career change and shift in other country it's a lot easier but in the united states it requires you to have this such degree experience mm-hmm. yeah. so making it a lot harder to make a, a career switch in in the United States, um, yeah, and that that's also why uh, it, it's a problem to to lots of family. Yeah, I mean, yeah, because the the whole certification system where you have industry mm-hmm. talking off their own industry so that other people don't exactly. step it, uh, to protect mm-hmm. it. I mean, mm-hmm. that, that makes it really rigid, and you know, people mm-hmm. are for people to be fluid and like move between them. Um, mm-hmm. 
here's um, one thing that was interesting. I mean, since we both went to Penn, and uh, and you know, while you were there and you're in counseling, right? I mean, there's there's a there's almost like a oh, shit. There's not almost. There is a suicide epidemic in Ivy League. Oh, yeah. And a lot of it, like, you know, me going to Oxford, I experienced, like, oh, imposter syndrome. And I'm sure a lot of mm-hmm. people going to Penn experience imposter syndrome, right? I mean, mm-hmm. this goes back to the whole resilience thing. And, um, I mean, what, what, what would you say, what would be a good way to deal with that? Because um, a lot mm-hmm. of people, they strive for elite schools, some of, and some of them are successful and get in. But then they have that, you know, mindset where it's like, yeah. I got to live up to this, right? And, I mean, it's, it's tough. I mean, what are your thoughts? Yeah. Um, again, I felt like the majority of the, uh, the stress uh, coming from family too. Mm. Yeah, the parents expect the kids to thrive to get straight A in uh, Ivory school. And it's very competitive in, uh, in Ivory school. Everyone are very smart and, and they work hard. So th- the competition is huge. And and in the same time, the professors they're not as available as much compared to a small. No, uh, they're not available very much. No. A small college, so they are limited to that kind of resource uh, when when they encounter like difficulty uh, in academic or personal life. They're limited to access to those uh, professors professors and for help um and um also in in grad school i mean i was in grad school so people come and go and it, it's making it a lot harder to make friends <laughs> mm-hmm. because most of them are competitive they are kind of like just a lot of them just say hi and, and have very minimal of conversation in a daily basis, which make it a lot harder to connect with your colleague and um so that that play a big role i would say in the ivy league school yes ivy league school has a very good ranking and have a lot of good resource in terms of academic research um and 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 studies and they maybe uh, receive a lot of uh, um top the um top studies and research um, and, and, and funding for, 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 for the students to study. However, um, the lack of support is the biggest, the lack of emotional support. It's a, a huge, huge uh, problem in Ivory School. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, even at Penn, I don't know if you got the news. I mean, the, the head of counseling just uh, left. I mean, I mean well, he, he, he committed suicide recently, right? Yeah, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, so it's, I mean, that, that environment is just, just really crazy. And I feel like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think back to George Kelly's construct theory, like how so a lot of people, they bank their identity on one thing. So yeah, like, I believe it is. bank it on one thing. And whenever that gets shook, like they don't do well in school, they don't get that if they were an A student their whole life and then suddenly they become like, oh, sorry, you got a C plus because, you know, especially if you're international school, like international student, like your English simply is not at the native level. You can't think that at that level. You just mm-hmm. Correct. And then like, mm-hmm. you know, your whole identity gets sh- shaken. And then mm-hmm. if you things like, uh, 
like I don't know, uh, coming from an Asian perspective, right? Uh, we we mentioned that several times. It's like you, a lot of parents send their kids to okay, let's do piano, let's do music, let's do art, and just like send like send them to keep taking classes, but they don't have that time to explore jobs, work exactly, and develop mm-hmm. their resiliency and realize they're a little more than just their studies. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. And yes. So and their whole identity gets shaken. And what do you think about? Yes, that? it's true. Yeah, it, it's oh, that it's such a you pointed something that I want to talk on as well. What I that I encounter a lot like that in my counseling with Asian students I work with, mm-hmm. and you're right. Lots of Asian parents they send lots of kids to all kinds of uh, um, activities. They piano, and there's a different level that you they need to get certified and and because that could help them to get into a higher better i mean i believe better school um so a lot of asian kids they're under tons of stress not only the school but also like personal life when they get home they need to practice piano violin for for such such time taking classes not only violin piano they also need to do like tennis to play tennis too (laughs) and so they they have so many uh extracurriculum that take up so much of their time after school so a lot of kids they they barely have time to do their homework and they, they barely have time for family because they are all, all over the places. Um, so I would say that is a very, um, that, uh, that's a very unhealthy way to, um, for, for, for those kids. And a lot of kids came into me with anxiety, high anxiety and, and, and stress and telling me so much um, that they, they have difficulty to do with so many uh, activity and, and they don't have time to keep up their grades. So when they are given so much tasks after school, um, they don't have time to do well in this, in this school academic. And parents, Asian fam- family, expect them to, to excel in all of those areas. Right. Yes, and we are human. We, I feel like parents, a lot of Asian parents expect their kids to be a superman, superwoman, just to deal with all of that without, without understanding their struggles and, and, and emotional uh, pain. Um, that's also causing the disconnection. But how mm-hmm. do you tell an Asian parent this? I mean, like this is... <laughs> Threw so much money at it, and that's the way they've been raised, and that's like you know, and mm-hmm, exactly. Like, I'm a parent, right? And and the parents I hang around with in this neighborhood, in particular, there's a lot of Chinese parents here, and everyone sends their kids to like you know ten different things throughout the week, and you yes. talk to them, it's like, I if I yo like if I don't keep up, my kid's gonna fall behind. I mean, what do you tell these parents? But what would you because you talk to these parents, right? What do you yes, I do. I communicate with the parents. Um, I would say the parents are the hardest people to work with. <laughs> <laughs> they are. I, I I find it's a lot easier to work with the kids. The kids are because they're at the age they're that they're not as fixed age as the parents. That like kids are the one that actually there's hope for them to 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 change, to understand, 
um, to understand and, and, and reframe those concepts. Like you said, a lot of parents, um, they are raised that way in China, in Asian countries. So they, they never know, understand like, like that other ways of raising their kids because that's how they were raised. So they're not exposed to the other um, parenting style. A lot of the Asian parents, they mostly um, authoritative, uh, authoritarian uh, parenting style. Um, and it, it's, it caused a lot of uh, um, stress and tension. Uh, so how I'm, like I said, it's very difficult to talk with the parents. However, I always start with like, hey, I know you're doing all this um, for your kids. You're trying to help your kids do uh, I excel. But I have to uh, admit that and let you know that your kids is going through a lot of stress. And that stress is actually causing more um, more obstacle in their success because anxiety, when anxiety raises uh, to an extreme level, it actually uh, impacts their performance in testing, um, schooling, and performing. So I explained to them that the parents that um, to help the kids to balance activity and still making them go through all of that, but really monitor their anxiety level and really uh, communicate with the kids about their emotional stress on a daily basis and um, things like that. But a lot of time, whether the parents do that is another case. A lot of time, the kids come back and I, and I ask them, like, do your parents talk to you differently? Like, do they <laughs> communicate about your, you know, your feelings? Uh, a lot, most of the time the kids say no. Oh. So the, the parents, they, even though I explained to them those way, but uh, they, they didn't. They didn't change. <laughs> We're all creatures of habit, right? Sometimes you're. It is. It is. Like mm -hmm. a way of doing something that it's hard to change, and this and changes is a lot. Kids to you, and they expect you to fix the kid, but yep, <laughs> problems sometimes on on it's the, the reverse. <laughs> yeah, it's on them. Yes, yeah, yeah. Yes. Um, so my 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 biggest job is really helping the kids to understand their situation primarily and to really help them understand why their parents couldn't be the one that they the kids want to have a lot of kids they come in and say i feel you're more like my mother the mother i want to have i'm like oh, well thank you for saying that but i'm like well why your mother can't be in such such way and it it a lot of kids that they have a very sad uh family and and it, it it's um it is um very very difficult for them mm -hmm. but i help them to understand like you can be a better person i mean i mean they they can change that uh uh, dynamic that family uh, structure in their future life even though they can't change their parents at this point but by uh, understanding um, their parents why they are doing why they are being this way like you say because they came from 
the same family that they were taught that same way and they never learned a different way to uh to teach the, the kids so they uh, it's sad i help the kids understand that their parents are very unfortunate they're more unfortunate um because they never know the problem but you do know and that's why you come to me and we will learn about the family situation the family problems and and you learn what's the better way to um to live a life what what life could be a very different when you when you learn a, more about yourself and and also exposed to a different kind of life lots of kids come in they don't know like hey there's a, another healthy family dynamic mm-hmm. um so helping them to raise that awareness and and restructure the mindset about uh um a different type of family it's a very important and give them hope for the future mm-hmm. yeah. so i, I want to be respectful of your time i mean i think it's it's great it's great things that you've said uh, about you know about the parents about how young people could uh you know raise that self-awareness so that they develop yes. resilience it's like it's a skill set it's really a soft skill set for you to navigate the world right um mm-hmm. so i want to re- i want to respect your time so um for the listeners, like how can we contact you or where can we learn more about you and, and your practice? Uh, you, um, the listener can go to the psychology today. Um, my name is Chu Hua, uh, Sally Wong. So you can look up more of my information and my contact. How do you spell C-H-U-H-U-A, Wong, W-A-N-G. Well, you when they look up Sally Wong, they should be able to uh, locate me on psychology today. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. And uh, mm-hmm. you got a, you got a website or phone number or. Oh yeah. It's all on that. Mm-hmm. It's all on that. Okay. So it's all there. Right? Yes. Okay. Yep. Just go on psychology mm-hmm. today. Look up Sally Wong Chu or Chu Hua Sally Wong and they'll find you. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right. They will. Mm-hmm. Thanks a lot. Thank uh, you, John. Yep. Have a great day. And, uh, have a great day. <laughs>